struggle that connected Shemaim the Oret, where the Avak, the dust of the Oret, rose to the Kisak Ovet, the Tosa continues there in Vayishlach and says, Vayizrach loy Hashemesh. And Rashi explains that suddenly in the middle of the night, the Toyu, Voyu, Vachoyshech that prevailed at night vanished and disappeared, giving way to the sun that began shining. The deeper meaning of this is that the Shlita of Esau that represents Toyu Vavoyu Vachoyshech of the Oretz when it's alone disappeared, being totally taken over by the rising sun of Maskil HaEson Ezrochi of Avram Avinu and the others. Let's explain it better. Early in the Shea we mentioned, we quoted the Potsuk in Pashas by Yetzei, by Yolin Shom Kivo HaShemesh. There, the sun suddenly disappeared, plunging the world into a sudden toy of Avoyu during the hours of the day. That indicated a possibility of Esau overpowering Yaakov. Now, the opposite occurred. The darkness, the Toyev Avoyu of night, disappeared, erasing the Shlita, the shlita of Esau, and confirming that Yaakov, the sun, the Yoim, is the Shoilet. Laila, toyu voyu v'choyshech, in Adam, in human terms, always refers to Misa. And day and light refers to Chaim. The best example of this is, in, is on Shabbos. Horachman hu yamchileinu yoim shakulei Shabbos amenucha l'chaye ha'ilamim. Shabbos is a day of Chaya Elomim because it's all Yoim. On Shabbos it's as if it's light, as if it's all day, 24 hours of light, 24 hours of day. And that's why in the Tfilah of Leil Shabbos we say Atakidashtes Yoim Hashvi. The Kiddush recited Friday night is learned from a Pasuk of Zohar, of the Pasuk that says Zohar es Yoim HaShabbos HaKadshoi. Kiddush by night from the Pasuk of Zohar es Yoim HaShabbos. Shabbos is Kula Yoim because it's Kula Yichaya Elomim. Because Shabbos is Me'ein Olam Haba, the eternal life, the Chaya Elomim. So therefore it's all Yoim. Laila is the opposite corresponds to Misa. And therefore coming back to the Yisrach Le'a Shemesh, in human terms, in Adam, the Laila, the symbol of death that Esau represents, which is the parallel of Toyu Vavoyu in the Bria, disappeared entirely, and the light, the day, the Yoim, the Chaim, the life, the Yaakov Avinu represents, the Yaakov Avinu Loimais took over and prevailed. It's no wonder, therefore, that Yaakov Avinu is so connected with Shabbos, with the everlasting Yoim, with the Chaya Elomim. Like the Pesach says in Yeshaya, in Toshev Mi Shabbos Raglecho, Asoy Chavatzecho, the Kurosa Leshab, Asoy Chavatzecho, the Kurosa Leshabbos, Oineg, Likdoish Hashem Mechubot, Oz Tishaneg Al Hashem, Vachalticho Nachlas, Yaakov Avicho, Kipi Hashem Deber. The night, the nest of the night becoming day for Yaakov Avinu, the Vayizrach Le Hashem, is exactly what Shabbos is all about. It's Kula Yoim. It's when the night it's when the night turns to day. That's also why Yaakov instituted Tfilas Arvis. We can't go into it now. That's a shmuz on its own. Because Yaakov is the begin of Kula Yoim. Yaakov makes the Laila into Yoim. Laila always corresponds to Golas Hestedova. Hell. And Marev, when we say Baruch Atah, we talk about HaKadosh Baruch as if he's in front of us. Who can make night into day? Who can make the clarity of day out of night? That's Yaakov Avinu, therefore Yaakov instituted Tzilas Marev. But again, that's, a, that's, a, that's an independent shmuz on its own. But I call upon him, we can conclude, part 6, 
having discussed the lifelong dedication of the Ovis to unite Shemaim Oret, to erase all traces of Toyu Vavoyu that prevail when Oret is on its own, when Aesop takes power. We discuss the, sh- the challenge of Aesop, how Aesop attempts to break this union of Shemaim Boritz, to keep Shemaim independent as a Toyu Vavoyu Vachoshech, and Yaakov's final Nitzachan, symbolized by, by the Yizrach, Loyashavai Yizrach Loyashemesh. However, this great revelation of this Nitzachan wasn't, wasn't witnessed by the Ovis themselves. It happened many years later. In this Gilui and this Ma'amad, the whole Bria Bechlal and every Nivra Bifrat without exception witnessed Klal Yisrael who represent the Yodom, the mini Bria, reaching their ultimate Shlemus. Alongside with the whole Bria that reached its ultimate Shlemus. This Shlemus that the Bria and Adam is to reach later on, the Shlemus is the ultimate union, the Chibur of Shemaim Oret in Adam and in Bria, where these two Rushuyos became one. This revelation, this Mahmad was called Mahmad Hasinai. There in Mahmad Hasinai, all the Eurydice that affected Adam and the Bria as a result of the Chet of Eitzabas disappeared. And therefore, it's time we move on to chapter 7. That is titled Matan Torah. I will explain just how connected the moment of Har Sinai and Matan Torah was to everything we discussed earlier. Let's begin with Moshe Rabbeinu, who was responsible for this historical moment, Mamad Har Sinai. We mentioned earlier that Moshe Rabbeinu was Shlemus Habitl, having exclaimed Ma v'Nachnu Ma v'Im Ayin. His whole Metzias was Bitl, was Chochma, was Rishis. In fact, the Pesach of Moshe Rabbeinu testifies to this by calling Moshe Rabbeinu Rishis, Vayar Rishis Loy. He was to bring Chlal Yisrael and the Bria to its Madrega and Rishis Barla Kimes Hashemayim Esaretz, the Chibur of Shemayim Baretz. Moshe, in fact, rises, ascends to Shemayim to prove his plan, to show how a Nivra, how a human being somebody from Oretz can soar to such lofty heights to Shemaim. in fact the Gemara in Shabbos Peiches which is the Mamet the, the few Dapim of Gemara that it's well worth seeing the Gemara there relates that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu when he was in, when he was in Shemaim Echoiz Bekisei Kavoidi touch hold on to the Kisei HaKovoid when a human being from Oretz can touch the Kisei HaKovoid it proves that Shemaim Oretz have become one Rishus just like Yaakov proved it by kicking up dust from Oretz that reached the Kisei HaKovoid so too if a man a human can touch the Kisei HaKovoid it shows that Shemaim Oretz have become one union the Gemara there in Shabbos continues that eventually the Malachim befriended Moshe Rabbeinu, even showering him with gifts, with Matanas. This friendship reminds us of the others, whose involvement in the same avoid of Chibur Shmaim Oretz also led to joining up with the Malachim, as we mentioned earlier. Now Moshe Rabbeinu has also joined up and the Malachim have showered him with gifts. Now that the Yavis and Moshe have reached this Madrega, now all that's left is for Klal Yisrael to acquire this Madrega of Chibur Shmaim Vaharet, which will join them up with the Malachim. The Gemara there in Shabbos says that when Klal Yisrael said Naasav and Ishma, Yatasav Baskal, uh, Baskal was heard. And this Baskal said, Mi Gila Lebonai Roz Zeh, who revealed to my sons this secret? This secret code, Nasev and Ishmael was a secret code that only the Malachi Ashoris knew. Now, Klal Yisrael share this secret with the Malachim. Klal Yisrael have therefore joined up with the Malachim. They have attained this Madrego. If Klal Yisrael can share these secrets with the Malachim, 
So then, so too, Klal Yisrael must behave like the Malachim. Just as the standing order, the standing middle amongst the Malachim is one of absolute achdus, as we mentioned earlier. Kula mahovim, oisei shalom b'moimot. So too, Klal Yisrael must show at this point that they have also adapted this middle of kula mahovim on the same darg as the Malachim. That's the posseg that says by Yicham Shon Yisrael that Rashi writes Ki Ishechod Echod. So basically, this whole picture is repeating, repeating itself, beginning with the Ovis, through to Moshe, and eventually to Klal Yisrael. They've all joined forces with the Malachim. In fact, the Gemara there says that as soon as Klal Yisrael had said Nasa Benishma, two Malachim were assigned to each and every Jew to tie crowns to them, one connected Nasa, one connected Nishma. This reminds us of Shabbos, where also on Shabbos two Malachim were assigned to every single Jew. And that's why the Torah was given on Shabbos, and the whole Sugi of Matan Torah is in Masechus Shabbos, because Matan Torah completed this historical Shibur of Shemaim Moritz that Shabbos represents. And therefore, Shabbos and Matan Torah are so connected. The Gemara there says in Shabbos, on the Pasuk of Yom Hashishi, that HaKadosh Baruch made it tonight with Master Barashas. Im Kabbalah Nisrael HaToyra Mutav, ve'im lav ani achsir eschem latoyra bavoyu. HaKadosh Baruch HaKaviyachal threatening the Bria, that if Kalal Yisrael won't, won't be Mekabal the Torah, the Bria returns to Torah Bavoyu. The deeper meaning behind this is that Matan Torah is finally to place Oretz back together with Shemaim in the Pasuk in Bereshit, and to erase all traces of Oretz when it's alone in the second Pasuk, alone and separated from Shemaim as it was as a result of the Chet of the Etzadahs. And therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that if the Bria, if Kalal Yisrael accept the Torah, so then Oretz goes together with Shemaim, joins up with Shemaim, and therefore Oretz isn't anymore Toyu Vavoyu. But if Chasr Shalom Klal Yisrael doesn't accept the Torah, then the Oretz plunges back to the second Pasuk, back to the Pasuk of Toyu Vavoyu, as it was as a result of the Chet of And that's the deeper meaning behind Ani Achse Eschana Toyu Vavoyu. Let us now turn to the story of Matan Torah and see how this historical dream actually materialized both in the Bria and in Adam. By Yehud Hashem al Hasinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu came down onto Hasinai, and Rashi says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu folded El Yonim and the Tachtoinim all together and spread Hasinai with the Kisya covered on top. Which is in fact the ultimate chibur of Shemaim Oret, Kimia Shemaim Al Oret. In this passage we see how actually the chibur of Shemaim Oret materialized. In fact, the Medrash we quoted earlier that after the Chet Eitzadaf, the Shechina left. Oret ends, that Medrash ends at Hamat Torah. The Shechina completed its descent back into Oret. And the Gemara Taka says in Shabbos that, that by Matan Torah Paschal Muzumasan, the Kilkul that was caused by the Chet of the Eitzadas, by the Nochash, disappeared. Shemayim has now completed its descent into Oretz that become one Rishus. So too in Adam, his Adam's Shemayim must have also completed its, its, its descent into his Oretz. Shemayim, Adam's Shemayim is the Neshama. Adam's goof is the Oretz. Which means that the Shemayim, the Neshama must have completed its descent down into the Oretz. And the Emes, that's exactly what happened. The Gemara there says that when Kral Yisrael heard Hashem saying, they died. 
only to be revived by the Tal Shel Tchia, by the dew of Tchia Samesen. Klal Yisrael experienced here the dew of Tchia Samesen. The deeper meaning behind why they had to die, only to be revived, only to be brought back to life again. The deeper meaning behind this is that rid with of the temporary life that had prevailed in the in the Bria. Life that has an end to it. The the life that's Aesov's Bechina of That life Klal Yisrael were rid of now. And it, and instead they were transferred to the Chaye Alomen, to the eternal life, to the life that would experience at Khiasamasin. The life that Yaakov represents, the Yaakov Vinu Loy Mace life that has no Misa. So basically what happened over here is that we were switched, we were transferred from Aesop's life to Yaakov's life. From the life of Oretz that eventually dies to the life of Chibor Shmaim Oretz that is forever, that prevails for yet forever. The Shidduch between Shmaim Oretz was the Shidduch between the Shoma and Guf. And that's all that they experienced over here at Matan so basically, in other words, at Matan Torah, the Raman Yerbo of Adam reached its climax by experiencing Tchias Amesim. And the Kimea Shemaim al of the Bria reached its climax by Vayered Hashem al Harsinai. After Matan Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu ascends 40 days and 40 nights to Shemaim, the first human being to endure so long a period in Shemaim. Because now the two Rashiyas are one. Thus we conclude part 7, which was titled Mamad Hasina. In part 8, we'll continue with part 2 of Kabbalah Satoira, namely the Luchas, which Moshe Rabbeinu was to bring down with him after those 40 days in Shemayim. And therefore part 8 is titled the Luchas. Here we'll discover something incredible, something fascinating, something Nusuki Midvash, Venoises Sufen, Kederach Shalteraseinu Hakdosha. The Prophet says in Kisiso, Vayitenel Moshe Kachaloisoy Ledaber Itoy Bahar Sinai, Shnei Luchois Habris. And the Medrash Rabbah and the Medrash Nachumah both point out that Shnei Luchois, the two Luchois, were connected Shmaim Varet. The word Luchos in this Pasuk is written without the Vav. It reads Luchas, as if there were only one. So really there were two Luchos, but the Torah writes Luchas as if there were only one. Why? Says the Medrash, Rabbah, and Rashi brings it down, is because they were so identical, the two Luchos were so identical, that it's as if they were one. So there were two Luchos, but nevertheless it was as if there was only one Luach. What's all this teaching us? But according to what we said above, it's much beautiful, it's Masuk and Kedvash. Why? Because of course there were two Luchais. Because two Luchais corresponds to Kenegat Shemayim Oretz, as the Medjish Rabbah and the Medjish Tanchoma point out. And of course Shemayim Oretz are two elements of Bria. But nevertheless, even though Shemayim Oretz are two elements of Bria, nevertheless Apostle says, Shnei Luchas, without the Vav. Two Luchais, Shemayim Oretz, that are really one. So the Luchos is in fact manifesting the Tikkun Abriya that took place at Mahomet HaSinai where Shemaim Oretz became one, the Shtei became Luchas. The Tikkun Abriya of Shemaim Oretz becoming one. The same goes for the Tikkun HaOdom that occurred at Mahomet HaSinai where the Neshama and the Guf became one. That's also hinted in the Luchos. Because the Rabbeinu Bachai says that the two Luchos, the Shtei Luchos, correspond to the Moyach and the Leiv of Adam. And it's much fascinating because the Moyach represents the Neshama as we mentioned earlier. 
and the and the Hashanah Shomer Shomer Moichi, and the lave is the central focal point in the goof. So therefore, it's possible that the Moach and the lave correspond to goof and the Shomer, and therefore that's why Shnei Luchos is the Moach and the lave. But they are Luchas because the goof and the Shomer became one. So here we have Tikkun Adam that's represented in the Luchos. That's a parallel to the Tikkun Abriya that's represented in the Luchos. The Kenegad Shmaim Ba'aretz that became one is Tikkun Abriya, and the Kenegad Moach and Leiv that became one was Kenegad Tikkun Adam. If Moshe Rabbeinu succeeded in bringing down the Luchos, then the Shemaim Ba'aretz and the Moach Leiv were locked together. They were sealed together as one piece forevermore. No wonder why this Pasuk that we quoted in Kisisa is Pasuk Yud Ches. It's Pasuk Chai. The content of this Pasuk, the Shtei Luchos, this Chibor, this Chibor, this locked Chibor, never to leave, the Shemai never to leave Oretz, and the Shema never to leave Guf, namely the Chai Eolomim in the Bria, which is the Tchias HaMesim of Odom. Of course, this is in Pasuk Chai and Pasuk Yud Ches. However, this dream didn't materialize. It wasn't long, and tragedy struck again. The Satan got busy again, and the Nochash gets busy again, and he gets Klali Shon into believing that Moshe is not back. Why hasn't Moshe returned? Forty days are up. Klali Shon begin believing as a result of the Satan and the Nochash, who poisoned Klali Shon with the following fear that Moshe has disappeared in Shemaim. He's not returning. There won't be a Luchos. Meaning, after all, the shidduch between Shemaim Ba'aretz in Bria and in Adam isn't going to work out. It can't work out. After all, they're opposites. Shemaim is bittle. Neshama is bittle. It's all ayin and ma. And the Yoretz is yesh. The goof is yeshus. Moshe is an onof. Moshe's motto is bittle and ma. Is ayin and ma. See, he went up to Shemaim. He's probably staying there in Shemaim. He's better there. He's more suited there amongst the Malachim. They also represent this bittle of Tzvah Shemaim Lechom Mishtachavim. He belongs up there. He's paired up with them. He belongs in the world of bittle, not in the world, not in the world of Yeshus. However, us, however, the Nivram and Oretz must begin feeling an independent domain after all. Our Oretz is an Oretz of Yeshus. Perhaps an Oretz man should concentrate on his Yeshus, on his independence, building up his own Matthias. They began to interpret Achman and Itzlon. Klali began to interpret the Pasuk of Shemaim, Shemaim, Lashem, Varetz, Nosan, Levnei Adam. Literally, Shemaim belongs to Hashem and the Nevram there can have as much bitl as they want. But the Oretz is Nosan, Levnei Adam. Oretz is, is an independent resource belonging to the Adam. In the mini Bria in Adam, this fear sounds the following. Perhaps the Neshama and Guf aren't the best Shidduch. Perhaps we aren't supposed to work on being Mechaber the Neshama with the Guf. Perhaps the message of the Neshama, the message of Bittl, doesn't exist, doesn't belong down here in the Guf. Perhaps the Neshama is supposed to be in the Moach, but who says the Guf, the Lave, is supposed to be Mavatl itself to the Neshama? Who says that the Lave is supposed to be subservient to the Neshama, to accept the Neshama's domination over the Guf, over the Lave? Perhaps the Lave should be cut off from the Neshama. Perhaps the Lave should turn to its own independent pursuit of Yeshus, of its own independent Matthias. In other words, they suggested that perhaps the separation of Oretz from Shemaim, the separation of Leib from Moyach, is the correct derech down here in this world, in this Bria, in Oretz. Result, the tragic Chet Perhaps we can offer a remiss to this analysis of the Chet 
The Prophet in Shemoisa discusses the Chet of Egel is Posak Lama Beis, Posak Leiv. The Daf in Masechus Brachas that discusses the Chet of Egel is Daf Lama Beis, Daf Leiv. The Leiv proclaiming its independence from the Moyach. The Oretz of Adam proclaiming its independence. That was the Chet of Egel. Let's go further. Why should the Chet of Egel be discussed in Masechus Brachas? What does the Chet of Egel to do with the concept of Brachas to the concept of Birchas Hanenin? But the answer is fascinating. What's the Makor of Berchus The Gemara name Brachas Aflamet Hay quotes from Levi, who asks a steer between two Psukim. On one hand, the Pasuk says, Ashemaim, Shemaim, Lashem Haaretz, Nasan, Levnei Adam. And another Pasuk it says, Lashem Haaretz, Amaloya. It's a steer of Menei Bey. Is it Lashem Haaretz, or is it Laaretz, Nasan, Levnei Adam? Answers with Levi, Khan, Kaidem, Abracha, Khan, Liacha, Abracha. Before the Bracha, it's Lashem Haaretz, Amaloya. After the bracha, it's var, it's not on Livne Adam. Meaning, after having made the bracha, after having said Hashem Alekeinu Melech having recognized Hashem's sovereignty over the Bria, then one is allowed to have Anah from Hashem's world. So in other words, according to Reb Levi, only a clear recognition of that Pasuk of Lashem Aretzim Loya, of Lekeinu Melech that saves a person from, from, from interpreting the Pasuk of Aretz Nasan Levni Adam wrongly. Only that when a person has a clear recognition of Lashem Aretzim Loya, Lekeinu Melech then he has a head to have Anah from Olam Hazeh. That's what Aretz Nasan Levni Adam means. That explains us why the Bala member over here is Rebbe Levi, because we know that a Jew's name shows on his Sherish and Hashama. So Reb Levi corresponds to Shevet Levi. And we know Shevet Levi didn't receive a Chelek Benachlan at Yisrael. They relied on Shumas and Isris. And the Koenim from Shevet Levi, who ate, ate, they ate directly Mishulchan Gavoya from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's table, Kavayachu. And it's obvious that if they didn't have a Chelek in Oret, they couldn't be mistaken to interpret the Pasuk of Oret's Nasan Livnei Adam literally. It belongs to man. They felt the whole time that Oretz belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because they didn't have their own Oretz. And therefore, Reb Levi is the Balham member over here to teach us real shot in Oretz Nosen Levnei Odom. That all Oretz Nosen Levnei Odom means that through recognizing, through the Bracha, through recognizing Hashem Oretz and Leah, we are allowed to have a no from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Bria. I'll call upon him. If the source of Berchus Anenin, of Mitzachus Brachus, lies in the real, proper understanding of the Ashemaim, Shemaim, Lashem, Varetz, Nosen, Livnei Adam, then it's obvious never why the Chet Egel is discussed over here in Mitzachus Brachus. Because the whole Chet was a false understanding of this Pasuk. A literal translating, translation, a literal interpretation of this Pasuk. Aesop's interpretation of this Pasuk, that Shemaim, Shemaim is Lashem, and Oretz is really Nosen, Livnei and therefore that's what, that's what the Chet Egel is doing in Mesechus Brachas. Chet Egel undermines the whole idea of Berchus Hanen and the whole interpretation of Oretz Nosen Levnei Odom. And therefore just like Reb Levi taught us Pshat in Oretz Nosen Levnei Odom, Shevet Levi understood Pshat in this Pasuk. And therefore Shevet Levi didn't partake in this Chet Egel because they clearly understood that it can't be Pshat in Oretz Nosen Levnei Odom. The aftermath of the Chet Ego was the Pagam of the Chet Eitzadas all over again. As Chazal say there in Shabbos, that the Zuama from the Nochosh that disappeared at Matan returned. The Chet Ego plunged the Oretz back into the second Pesach. 
into a possible vaarate No light, no day, total, total desolation Total separation from Shemaim. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu was sent back to the Oretz. Hashem says to him, Leich Reid, Kishichit Amcho. If Shemaim and Oretz have been separated, then Shemaim is for Hashem, and Oretz is for the Bnei Odom. Klal Yisrael had interpreted it literally, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so Moshe Rabbeinu, who is a Bnei Odom, return to man's domain, return to Odom, to, to Oretz. Only when Shemaim and Oretz are one Rishus can an Odom be allowed in Shemaim, not when they've been separated. Upon hearing this dreadful news, Moshe Rabbeinu takes the Luchois, the which was to seal to lock Shemaim Oretz and they should stay and remain together forever that Shemaim Oretz that the Luchos should be one piece Luchas Klal Yisrael broke this unity Klal Yisrael broke the Luchas Klal Yisrael made the Luchas into Luchos they made it into two pieces and therefore what did Moshe Rabbeinu do to the Luchos Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchos because Klal Yisrael broke the Luchos the Luchos was connected Shemaim Oretz Luchas because it's one but Klal Yisrael made Shemaim Oretz a separate entity two opposite entities two opposite Rishuyos and therefore they made the Luchas into Luchos and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu also separated the Luchos by breaking the luchos that can't be together that can't be one anymore thus we conclude part 8 part 9 is titled the kapora the mishkan the Medjistan Chuma says that the mishkan was a kapora for the Chet Egon. here Baruch Hashem we have arrived to the center point of the Sheh it could be said that all the Yisaitis mentioned so far all serve as preparing, for, uh, preparing us for a clearer, deeper understanding to what the Mishkan really was and how much the Mishkan meant for us meant to comment for Klal Yisrael because Ba'if and Klali the damage, the kilkul that the Chetegel caused to the Bria and to Adam is irreversible there's no real tick to it meanwhile the Bria cannot reach its ultimate Shlemus until the Yachra Sayyavim only then oh then and only then will Shemai Moritz reunite once more this time forever but until then the Oretz we live on remains a separate entity dark, empty and void but nevertheless the Eibishter HaKadosh Baruch Hu Beroiv Rachmav HaChasadov gave us a matona nifla in the Bria HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a matona in the Bria a mini model of that world of Achas Hayomim a mini world of the Olam Atikun a mini Olam Atikun that was built from all the elements of Tikkun that we described earlier that we discussed earlier and that will sum up soon again the Mishkan was a mini Olam Tikkun of the Bria a mini Bria of Tikkun and a mini Adam of Tikkun here there was a chance for Klag Yisrael to glimpse at this world to look at this world and to more than look at this world to actually connect to this world this mini world of Tikkun was called the Mishkan and later the Bisham English. It's here that we were exposed to this Olam HaTikun, where all the elements of Tikkun that we mentioned earlier were represented over here in the Mishkan in the Bisham English. To make things simpler, let's just have a run-up of all the things we mentioned earlier. What makes up an Olam HaTikun? We mentioned the Olam HaTikun, boys and Klali, generally speaking, is Chibor Shemaim Vahoret. The Luchois that would have sealed this Chibor of Shemaim Vahoret. We mentioned Shabbos that manifestates this Chibor of Shemaim Ba'oret. We mentioned the others that brought together this Chibor of Shemaim Ba'oret. We mentioned the Choyshech, 
the toy of value that disappears when by the chibur shmaimorit and the light, the yoim that prevails. In Adam, we mentioned this chibur shmaimorit that that is chibur shama and guf, that is chibur moyach and leif, that corresponds to the chaim, the chaye alamin. Looking carefully at the Mishkan will reveal all these points without exception, making it a true mini oil of Hatikun. Let us begin with the Klalis Chibor, the Klalis Hatikun, the Klalis Chibor Shmaim Oret, which was represented in the Mishkan. Let us begin with the famous Gemara in Ksubis. The Gemara in Ksubis says in Dafhei, Dora Ashbar Kapora, G'doyle Maisen Tzadikim Yesen Maisen Shmaim Oret, that HaKadosh Baruch created the world with Yodi with one hand. By the Mishkan, building the Mishkan, the Prophet says, So the Mishkan was created with two hands, and the Bria was created with one hand of HaKadosh Baruch one has to look in the morale in Guaria in Bracious Perik Chofchez Tosav Yudzayin and in Shmois Perik Tezvav Tosav Yudzayin where there the Helega Maral Tzchusna Yogan Eleno in Guaria explains that what is meant by the Bria being created with one hand or the Beis HaMikdash being created with two hands is the following the Bria Batsam was also created with two hands because the Bria is made up of two it's made up of Shemaim and Oretz Shemaim was created with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's right hand Kaviyochu and Oretz was created with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's left hand. However, the Beis Hamikdash was created with both hands. Says the Maral there, because the Beis Hamikdash is a Mokum HaChibor, the meeting point between Shemaim and Oretz. And the Maral says that this possible Mikdash Hashem coin in the Yudecha, the Shteyodayim, the meeting point of Shemaim and refers not only to the Mishkan, but also to the first Beis Hamikdash and the second Beis Hamikdash. Therefore, the, both the right hand and the left hand build the Beis Hamikdash. The Beis Hamikdash represents Shemaim Varet. The main purpose of the Beis Hamikdash was to serve as a passage to get to Shemaim Varet. The Beis Hamikdash, the Mishkan, was built down here on Oret. But nevertheless, we see that all the elements of the Beis Hamikdash are mitzad yimin. The Gemara in Yuma says, "Kol pinoy shatapoyne lo yehei elo yimin." Koinim only allowed to walk on the right. The, the part of the, the I think the Kodesh Kodeshim. Part of the Beis Hamikdash, the Heichal, was, was was built on the Chelak of Binyamin. Because Binyamin is Ben Yamin, his name spells Yamin. So the reason, so the Beis Hamikdash built on Oretz, but the element of Yamin and the Yamin was the hand that Kaviyachal Hakadosh created Shemayim. Shows us that the Beis Hamikdash is a meeting point between Oretz and Shemayim. Geographically, it's in Oretz, but it's Kulei Shemayim. What was the main avoid in the Beis Hamikdash? The Rama begins Hilchos Beis Abachira. The Mitzvah say to build Livnois Beis Abachira. She mokim muchin lahakrib korbonus. The korbonus was the main avoid in the Beis Hamikdash. The korbonus were brought up on the Mizbeach Achitzon. The Mizbeach Achitzon had a kevesh, a ramp, where the kohenim would run up and down the ramp. Ah, the, you look up the Balatur and Pashas Vayetze on Yaakov's dream of Sula Mutzavat of Shemaima, which is the Chib, which is the Nevuah of the Chibor of Shemaim Oret. And look what the Hale of the Balaturim says on that Pasuk. 
says about the ramp. The ramp was the sulam which connects Shemayim Boret. Arutzah hints at the mizbeach adama. The mizbeach that was down here that was made out of out of adama. The roishem agiyah Shemayim says about Aturim. The hints at the smell of the sacrifice, the smell of the korbanos that that went up to Shemayim. The hinei malache says the halakha about Aturim are the letters elu hakoyanim because the koyanim were oilim leyoridim bekevesh says about Aturim. Ah. So the Sula Kevesh is the Sula Mutzav Arza. The Sula Mutzav. The Arza is the Mizbeach down here. The Roshim Agiyah Shemaim is the Hashbah of the Korbanus up in Shemaim. And the Malachi Elakim or the Koyanim who went up and down on the Kevesh. We know from other sources that the Koyanim are clearly compared to Malachim. The Prophet is He says they coin Yishmurudav. The Torah Yivakshem Epiu Ki Malach Hashem Tzvokesu The Medrash in more than one place compares the 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 Koinim to the Malachim. So therefore, we see that the general building of the Mishkan of the Beis Hamikdash was Chibur Shemaim Vaoret. The Avoida, the daily Avoida of the Beis Hamikdash was Chibur Shemaim Vaoret. That's the Boisin Klali, the base of Migdash, how the base of English ties into Shemaim Bor, Chibur Shemaim Boret. Now let's get into the finer details. The Mishnah in the beginning of Per Gimel and Yuma says that how did the daily Avoid begin in the base of Migdash? That the day that the watchman up there watching out, looking at for sunrise would call out, Heir Pnei Kolam Mizrach, the sun has risen. He was asked, until Chevroin? And he answered, yes. The Gemara there in Yuma explains that why was he asked at Hebron to remember the Yavos who were buried in Hebron? Ah, this is fascinating. We learned earlier, we mentioned earlier that Avram Avinu is called Hezrachi because he brought about the Chibor of Shemaim Boret. He brought the Avoid of Shemaim, of Tzva Shemaim, Lechom Ishtachavim, which is sunrise and sunset. He brought that down to Oret. He reminded Oretz of this Avoida of the Shemaim, of the Sarah of the Tzor, Shemaim Lachom Ishtachavim, of the Oretz of the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. Avram's lifelong dedication to this Avoida of bringing the Avoida of Shemaim down to Oretz was clearly and was well rewarded down here in the base of Mikdash. And that's why they mentioned Heir Pnei Kola Mizrach to remind us of the Heilagar Maskelois on Ezrochi. And that's why the day began with mentioning the Avoid. The day began by mentioning the sun rising, the Avoid, the Chevron, the Heir Pnei Mizrach and the Chevron. And by the way, Chevron we know is also from the notion of Chibur, as Chazal say, because Chevron is the Chibur is the Yavos and the Chibur of Shemaim So that's the Yavos element of Chibur Shemaim Oret that's in the Mishkan and in the Beis Hamikdash. The Luchos, which were the seal to this Chibur Shemaim Oret, are also an essential part of the Beis Hamikdash. They were placed in the Oren. The light, the day, is also an essential part of the Beis Hamikdash. The Oren was called Oren. Why? Because it was Oer. It was the Oer, the light. The Beis Hamikdash was the place of light, of day. As if there's no night, there's no darkness. Only when Oret is on its own, without the Chibur, it's Toiv Avoy V'Choyshech. But in this great building of Chibur Shemaim Oret, of Yad Yimin and Yad Smoil, ah, it's all light. It's all Yom. It's all day. The Menorah made the light. The Oer of the Oren and Oer of the Menorah brought out the beautiful light of the Beis Amigdash. It's as if there's no darkness bichlal. Just as Shabbos is Yom Shekulei Shabbos, so the Beis Amigdash is a Yom Shekulei Shabbos. 
and therefore we know Shabbos is compared to the Beis Hamikdash a few times in the Torah where they're written together. And the Lamatas Melachas and Shabbos are learnt out from the Mishkan because the Mishkan and Shabbos are one bechina. In what Shabbos represented in Zman, the Mikdash represented in Mokoim. Shabbos is the Chibor of Shemaim Boritz in Zman, and Mishkan is the Chibor of Shemaim Boritz in Mokoim. The Beis Hamikdash also represents the Chibor of Shemaim Boritz in Odom, the Chibor of Neshama and Guf. We said earlier that the Chibor of Neshama and Guf means everlasting life, L'chayi Alamim, and that's exactly what prevailed in the Beis Hamikdash. The Koinim weren't allowed to be Tomei Lameis, as the Prophet says in Emor, the Nefesh Lo Yitama Ba'amov. Misa, in Chibor of Shemaim Boritz, in the Beis Hamikdash, they were living in a zone of no Misa, a no Misa zone. In a zone where it's all light, it's all day, it's all yoyim, it's all chayim, as we mentioned earlier. There's no toivavoy v'choyshech, there's no Misa. The lechem upon him remained warm and fresh all week. The meat of the Kavonis never smelt, it never went off. There were no elements of Misa bechlal. Rabbi Yeshua says in Sukkot Afnun Gimel that during the Sukkot Pesach Sha'iva, they didn't, nobody slept at all. Loirainu shino beineinu. They would slumber on each other's shoulders, but there was no, there was no shayna because sleep is a form of death as we mentioned earlier and the Pesach Midrash was oblivious to death and to darkness it was light and therefore with this we can conclude part 8 that was titled the Mishkan here we had a glimpse into the Olam HaTikun a connection to this holy place that if we would have maximized our connection to this place if we would have maximized our Kesha, our Chibur, our Dveikas to the Besamikdosh, to the Mishkan, then this would have spread and become from a mini world of Tikkun to the larger world of Tikkun of the Achris Ayomim. However, again, it didn't happen. This mini world didn't become the larger world, the larger Bria. We weren't Zorcha to the Achris Ayomim then. The destruction of the Beis Hamikdash plunged us again into darkness, into Bochoi Sivke Belayla, into the world of Laila, the world of Toyu Vavoyu Vachoyshech. Oretz took a plunge yet again back into the second pasuk of the Oretz Toyu Oisa Toyu Vavoyu Vachoyshech. Ve'in anachnu yecholim laloitz v'leiroitz olishtachavitz lefanecho. The sun that corresponds to this bowing, the Tzvah Shemaim l'chomishtachavim, that taught us how to bow, it's as if it. It's as if it's disappeared. We can't bow. Oretz can't feel this bittle the same way as the Tzvah Shemayim L'chomishtachim represent this bittle. We've, we've fallen back and we've plunged back into the world of Laila. With this we conclude part 9. Part 10 is in fact the final part of this shir and will serve both as a summary of this whole shir and an introduction to the next shir. The Bria has had its brighter periods and its darker periods. Periods of light, of Tchitha Mason, and periods of death and desolation. Periods where Shemayim came down into Oretz and filled the Bria with life and Neshama. Periods where Shemayim left, leaving Oretz alone and desolate. To be more exact, there was a Chet of Eitadas, that brought Misa and Toyu Vavoyu into the Bria for 2,000 years. There was the Ovet Sachdoshim who began the process of Tchitha Mason of the Bria, bringing Shemayim back down into the Oret, the climax being that of Matan Torah. Then came the Chet Egel that plunged the Bria back into death and darkness, 
with Shemaim leaving and Oretz left alone once again. What, what followed were the periods of the Mishkan of the Beit HaMikdash, the world of Shabbos, of Matan Torah, of the other Tagdashim. The mini-world of united Shemaim Oretz, as we mentioned earlier. And even that, Avanisene Rabbim, was taken away from us. So just as we mentioned right at the beginning of this year, that just as Odom, the mini-Bria, follows a cycle of life and death and Tchirs HaMesim, so too the larger Bria has had its cycle of life, death, Tchirs HaMesim. However, now in Golas, without even the Beit HaMikdash, it would seem that, realistically speaking, we are living today in a world of Choshech, a world of darkness 24 hours. There's no aura left in the world. And in fact, the Gemara Chagiga, I think in Yudbei, says that Olam HaZeh is compared to Laila and Olam HaBot to Yoyim. Rashi explicitly says on the Pesach, L'Hagid Ba'boike Chastecho Be'emunoscho Ba'leilois. That Boike refers to the Geula, the Achos HaYomim, and Laila refers to Golas. So if Golas is all Laila, then we could ask two simple questions. Firstly, why is it then light half the day? What does 24 hours of darkness mean to us if looking out of the window in the morning shows the bright light of day? In what Bechina is it considered dark, 24 hours dark even today? Second question, if the Bria is considered 24 hours a day in darkness, L'chayra, this should lead us to the worst years. What do we have to hold on to, to keep us on some spiritual level? From where can we derive chizuk, hope? Where can we connect to the old days, to the good old days, and to the days of the Achus Hashem? One could answer that at least we have a Shabbos every week, which is 24 hours of Yoim, of light, as we mentioned earlier. The Zochres, Yoim HaShabbos L'Kalchoi. The Yoim Shorachum Yanchelenu, Yoim Shekulei Shabbos. The Atta Gidashtes, Yoim HaShvi'i. So we do have every week a day of 24 hours of Yoim. But does that mean that six days a week we're doomed, we're stranded, we're stuck in darkness and desolation? Do we really have to wait six days for some light? The answer is, that the first question in fact answers the second question. The light of day that we experience even today is our glimmer of hope and our connection to the light days of past and the light days of the future in Hashem. Yes, even today, every 24 hours is divided into two. Day where light and life prevails even today and night where darkness and death prevails. Even during the week we have hours of light and hours of darkness. So what do the hours of day convey? What message do the hours of day convey? And what message do the hours of darkness convey? The answer is that day and night correspond to Chorban and Binyan. The days we we experience today correspond to Binyan. And the nights we have today correspond to Chorban. They represent, and not only represent, but even contains elements of hashbaz, of all the beginners of Yoim in the Bria. Namely, Shabbos, the Avasakdoshim, Matan Torah, Mishkon, Beis Amigdosh, that all correspond to Yoim, as we'll soon see. Laila, night, contains all elements of Chorban, of desolation, the 2,000 years of Toyhu, the Cheta Egel, the Chorban Besamidosh, and the Golas. Where do we see that Shabbos Matan Torah, Mishkan Besamidosh, Obasak Doshim, where do we find them corresponding to Yoim? Where do we see elements of Yoim in all these things we just mentioned? 
Well, Shabbos, we already mentioned, is already cool. Matan Torah is also a Bechin of Yom. As the Prophet says, Chazal Darshan on this Prophet Hayyom, that every day is a Bechin of Matan Torah. Every day it's as if it's as though we're receiving a fresh Matan Torah every day. We know there's another Pasuk in Moeschana where the Pasuk says Hayoyim Hazero Inu Ki Dabe Elokim Esaodom Achai Ki Hayoyim Hazer Even the Pasuk in Yisroi says Bayoyim Hazer Bo Omid Basinai And Rashi says She Dibre Torah Chadoshim Alecha Ki Ilu Hayoyim Nitnu Matan Torah is the beginning of Yoyim In fact when we prepare for Matan Torah by counting Sphere Soyme we say every day Hayoyim Yoyim Similarly, the Gemara M'sach and Daf says that Rabbi Yosef on Shavuos would say, "Ilav haraya yoyma the kagorim kama Yosef ika b'shuka." And the Mefarshim ask, "Why does Rabbi Yosef say ilav haraya yoyma?" Rabbi Yosef should have said ilav Torah, ilav matan Torah. But according to what we're saying, no, because matan Torah is a bechin of yoyim. The yoyim in the Bria represents matan Torah. The dvar moilas neichim tzavra hayoyim. The bayoyim has it. Build it at night. The Chlal, there wasn't any avoid in the Beit Hamikdash at night. The daily avoid of Korbanus ended with the Thomas Rubin Arbaim, the afternoon, the evening, that's as late as it went. Furthermore, every Jew had to appear three times a year in the Beit Hamikdash, Sholish Palm Mashona. In other words, every Jew connected three times a year to this Gewaltiger Bechino of Yoim. And therefore, these three days, these three times a year that the Jew appeared in the Beit Hamikdash are called Yoim, Yomtev. Because these are the days where every Yid connected to the Beit Hamikdash and the Beit Hamikdash the Bechino of Yoim. Furthermore, the greatest and the holiest day of the year in terms of avoiding the Beis was Yom HaKippurim, the day where we connected to the deepest and strongest way possible to the Beis And therefore it's called, the day is called Yom HaKippurim. No other Chag or Yom HaDepagra has the Yom attached to it. We don't say Yom Rosh Hashanah, Yom Pesach, Yom Shavuot, Yom Sukkot. Only Yom HaKippurim, where our connection to the Beis is so strong and so deep that we feel the Yom that's represented in the Beis And that's why it's called Yom HaKippurim. That's also why the Mesechus of Yom HaKippurim is called Yuma, Yom. This Masech the Yuma also discusses the daily avoid in the Beis Hamikdash in the first few prokim. All this is in Masech of Yuma because it's the Yom. The Beis Hamikdash represents the Yom. This also explains us why every day we say Hayoyim Yoyim Rishon B'Shabbos Shabbos Hayu Al Bimoyim Beis Hamikdash Hayoyim Yoyim Sheini B'Shabbos etc. Why do we repeat the word Yoyim twice? Hayoyim Yoyim Rishon Hayoyim Yoyim Sheini because we're mentioning over here in this nusach two elements of Yoyim Hayoyim Yoyim Rishon B'Shabbos one element of Yoyim Shabbos Hayu Al Bimoyim Beis Hamikdash which is another element of Yoyim and later therefore both the chinos of Yoyim we proceed by saying Hayoyim Yoyim. So if Yoim represents the Beis Hamikdash, in other words, it's a better said, if the Beis Hamikdash represents the Yoim of the Bria, and the Beis Hamikdash represents all the elements, all the hashpas of Yoim in the Bria, as we mentioned earlier, then obviously Chorb Beis Hamikdash represents the opposite of Yoim, the Laila, and that's why Megillas Eicha almost begins with Bochoi Sitzkeb Laila. At night we lament the Chorb Beis Hamikdash. Some recite Tikkun Chatzos at night. The Gemara in Tanis Afchov Tess says that on the pasuk in Shlach Luchav Yifku Om Ba Laila Hahu says 
says the Gemara, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Kriveya because they cried Bechia Shulchinom, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Kriveya that the Laila should be a Bechia of Doirath, meaning the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. So as we said before, Yoim corresponds to Binyin Beis HaMikdash, Laila corresponds to Chorban Beis HaMikdash. In our earlier terminology, Yoim in Bria represents all the elements and all the hashpahs of Chibur Shemaim Oris, where Shemaim Oris were united as one. The others who began this Havoida, Matan Torah that completed this Havoida, the Mishkan Beis Migdosh that was created with the Bechinus Yad Yemina created Shemaim and Yad Smola created Oris. These are all elements of Chibur Shemaim Oris. Yoim corresponds to Chibur Shemaim Oris. Laila and Bria represents separation of Shemaim Oris. Where Shemaim leaves and Oretz is left alone. It's dark outside. The darkness outside at night represents the Oretz, when the Oretz is left alone. Let's turn out to the mini Bria, Odom, and draw the identical parallel to Yom and Laila in Odom. As we mentioned earlier, the Gemara and Erevin says, like Ibra, Laila, Ella, Lashinta. Night was created for sleeping. Sleeping is a form of Misa, sleeping is a form of death. Where Adam's neshama leaves his goof, just like in the bria, just like in the bria, Shemayim leaves Oretz at night. So at night, when man's neshama leaves his goof, that's corresponding to the Shemayim that leaves the Oretz at night, the separation of Shemayim Oretz. Therefore, if that's, if that's true, then in the morning when Adam wakes up, his neshama having yet again returned to his goof, a new chibur Shemayim Oretz has now taken place in Odom that must represent a new Chibur Shemaim Oretz that's taking a place in the Bria every morning. So the Bechina of Yoim in the Bria is Chibur Shemaim Oretz and the Bechina of Laila in Bria is separation of Shemaim in Oretz. Let's go back now to the two questions that we asked earlier and see how one question answers the other. The two questions were, number one, why does it get light today if Olam Hazer and Golas is Bechina's Laila? Number two, what chizah do we have today? Where can we, what do we have to hang on today? What's our connection to the golden path that we have and the glorious future awaiting us in Mr. Hashem if it's all dark? The terrace is the first question, as we said earlier, answers the second question. Even though there isn't a Bisham English today, nevertheless it still gets light. There still is Yoim in the Bria. And this Yoim that there is still here in the Bria, where it gets light in the morning, this connects us. This Yoim contains within it, has all the Hashbos of all the Chalakim, of everything that's represented by Yoim. Even today, yes, even today. Every yoim is filled with the hashpas of the Bishamikdash. Every yoim is Mashpia Shabbos, the Hayoim Yoim Rishim Shabbos. Every yoim is, is Mashpia the Matantoira Dashanoichim Tafra Hayoim. Every yoim is Mashpia the Ovid, Vavrom Zakim Baba Yomim, Vayizrach La Shemesh of Yaakovinu. All these hashpas are hidden in the yoim because they were all elements of yoim and they're all Mashpia to our yoim every morning. When we wake up in the morning, we can connect and we can attach ourselves to all these ashpahs that were bechinat yoim in the Bria. The only difference between today and Bismarck Shabbat Shalom was that when they had the Bismarck there, 
We saw these hashpas. We saw the chibur shmaimars. We saw. We felt the bechinas. We felt the hashpah of the others. The hashpah of matan Torah, The hashpah of chibur shmaimars. And therefore, this helped us achieve our own chibur shmaimars. Our chibur neshama beguf, which is the tachlis abria of leman yirbo yemechem kimei shmaimalars. However, in today in Golis, we don't see it. We daven the sechazeno einenu that we should see it, and therefore that's why Chazal compared Golas to 24 hours of Laila. It's as if it's no day. It's as if it's no day because without an intensive avoda, we won't see, we won't feel, we won't witness this chibor shmaim ba'oretz that the yoyim has to offer. The eye, the eye sees an oretz on its own. The eye sees yeshes. The eye sees goof. The eye doesn't see shemaim. The eye doesn't see neshama. We don't see or feel these things without without avoidance. However, that's not to say that it's not there. It's all there. It's all there. It's all hidden in the yoyim. But a powerful avoidance is required to feel it, to connect to it, and to see it spiritually. And this is our avoidance today. Our avoidance today in Golas, when we get up in the morning, is to connect to all the beginners of base Amidash that are here in the morning, that are here in the yoyim every day. And we have to work hard enough, and that's our Kabbalah, what we undertake in the morning when we get up. This is our whole avoida, that we have to devote ourselves to feeling everything that's hidden here in the Yom. But it's not impossible to get to it with some intensive avoida. We can get to all the elements that were there in the Bitsamin Dorosh. And therefore, to show this, and to help us along to feel this, Chazal set the pattern of avoida every morning to match that avoider of the Beis Amigdosh, to assist us into feeling the Beis Amigdosh and into feeling everything that the Beis Amigdosh stands for in our daily avoider. And this is, as we said earlier, in introduction to the future Shiran, how from the first moments we wake up in the morning, our avoider begins with Chibur Shemayim Baret and with the Beis Amigdosh and with all the elements, with all the elements, with all the problems that we discussed earlier. With this we conclude, but until then, that we should be zorichah to understand and to feel and to connect to those holy hashpahs today as well, to appreciate all that lies in every morning. And we should be zorichah to wake up every morning properly with a true chibur shemaim v'orit, with a true chibur neshama b'guf, with a true entry into the ruchni sigabit amigdosh that is around even here today. Let us now turn and begin the second share. The second share is titled Mitzvah Al Natila. We'll begin this share by focusing on the correct mindset, the correct machshavas to have in the very first moments after waking up. This will be the most accurate preparation to Mitzvah Al Natila We'll then continue to show how this first mitzvah is in fact an introduction to our Avodah Hashem throughout the course of the day. We concluded part Shir Aleph by saying that the morning in Bria represents Chibur Shmaim Oretz. Morning in Odom represents Chibur Neshama Inguf. Let's now continue from there. At the beginning of the first Shir, we explained that the Torah's outlook on Chibur Neshama Beguf isn't merely the, the physical Chibur, the Neshama entering the Guf. Because Chazal say that Rashaim Bechayim Kuru 
A person, despite his apparent good health, might be considered dead if he doesn't feel his neshama. If his neshama has no impact, no hashpa on his guf, it's as if the neshama hasn't entered. Result, Kruy Mason. The neshama is only considered to have entered the guf when the person feels the hashpa of the neshama. The message of the neshama seeps into the guf. When he thinks and acts neshamadik, then it's considered as if the neshama has entered the guf. Therefore, now, at these crucial moments, when the neshama has physically entered the guf, namely, the moments he's, after he's woken up, the physical chibor of the neshama the guf, it's so vital and so, inten- and so essential to ensure that this chibor and neshama the guf shouldn't merely be a physical one, chas shalom, but a real chibor, an emistic chibor, a toiridic chibor. Namely, to ensure that the neshama's hashpa and message should seep into the guf to make it a true chibor. So let's quickly repeat the kitzah what we explained in the earlier shir. The natural feeling on the guf when it's on its own, the natural feeling of the neshama when it's on its own, and then the feeling and the feeling when the neshama actually enters the guf. What this chibor really feels like. The natural feeling of the guf. That, by the way, the guf having originated in Oret, the natural feeling is one of independence, of yeshus, with a capital I leading the way, just like the Oret. It doesn't, the, the guf doesn't entertain any thoughts or feeling of any little to HaKadosh Baruch Hu at all. No feeling of dependence on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on the Chiyas Aliki, that's Mechaya, everyone's Metzias, every Rega of the day. Whereas the Neshama is just the opposite. It originates in Shemaim, the zone of Bittl, the zone that feels that all the Nevram there feel the Chiyas Aliki. They feel, that's why it's called the Neshnishmas Chaim. It feels the, the, the Chiyas that's bestowed upon them by HaKadosh Baruch Hu every single second of the day. In Shemaim, the capital I is ruled out completely. If so, Chibor Neshama Baguf occurs when the Guf too begins feeling this bittle, this feeling of dependence on the Chiyas Alaki that's Mechayit every single day. When the Guf pushes aside the capital I and instead feels the dependency on Ona Karashpochu, then the Neshama has began emerging into the Guf. This is considered by the Torah to be the Chibor of Neshama Baguf. So let's, therefore, let's turn now back to the physical Chibur Neshama Baguf of waking up in the morning. The second we wake up, the second the Neshama literally enters the Guf, the Avoida is to turn the physical entry into a spiritual entry. The real Chibur Neshama Baguf. And therefore, if a person wakes up and immediately thinks of the capital I, of himself, of his needs, he's, if he feels, I'm tired, I have my finals today, I have to go here, I have to go there, I have to do this, I have to do that, I, 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 I. If his mindset is taken up by his own personal plans, then really he hasn't woken up yet. He's still asleep, his neshama hasn't really entered his ghost. Because there's no trace of its hashba, of its message in the ghost. And therefore it hasn't entered the ghost, he's still asleep. And obviously the natural feeling of a person is to feel a capital lie, is to feel himself. Because the Neshama has just returned from its source, from Shemaim, back into the Guf, feeling so alien and so uncomfortable that its whole focus is on its yearning to return to its Shorish, to return to Shemaim, and not its possible potential hashpa on the Guf. And therefore, immediately we recite Moide Anilefanecha. Moide means to thank and also to admit. We admit 
that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Melech Chai V'Kayom. Hashem, you are the sole source of life in Kiyom. Meaning, the Tchiyas HaMesim we're experiencing now, waking up, is from you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and only from you. Kiyom Komakar HaChaim. Tchiyas HaMesim is one of the three things, says the Gemara in Tan, is Shaloi Nimshu, and Shaloi Nimshu L'Shleich. It wasn't given over to Shleich. And then suddenly we remember what we said in the last year, that this Tchiyas HaMesim we have actually experienced now isn't just a daily cycle that repeats itself every morning, but in fact every single second HaKadosh Baruch Hu grants us a new Tchiyas HaMesim. Like the Prophet says, in the present tense. The same Tchiyas HaMesim of waking up in the morning is happening all the time. And therefore suddenly we feel so dependent, we feel who are we? if we can't survive even for one second independently. When we realize that two minutes ago we were still asleep, we were still a beginner of Misa, and now we've actually witnessed the Tchir Samesim, and this Tchir Samesim is actually happening every single second. And therefore, suddenly, all feelings of yeshus, of independence, and I completely disappear, completely disappear. Ah, now we're thinking the Shomadeg. Because we mentioned already that the Nishma is called Nishma Chaim, because the Nishma Chaim means that it feels the Chiyas of the Ki that's Machayit every single second. And therefore, that's why the Nishma Chaim gives us a feeling that Akkadish Pochus Melech Chai Vekayim. And therefore, we continue the Moidani by saying, Now I feel my Neshama has returned. Now I feel and begin understanding the Neshama's message, the Neshama's Hashpa on the Guf, the Bittel, the capital I of the Guf that's disappearing, and instead the feeling of total dependency on our Kodesh Baruch Hu every second is taken over. And then we look out the window and we see the sun shining. And we remember the Pasuk, that the Pasuk of Atamachayas Kulam, which we've just internalized, continues with the words of Tzvoa Shemaim Lachomishtachavim, which refers to the sun that rises in the east and sets in the west. The Bittel, the subservience that the sun represents by spending its day preparing itself for bowing. And therefore we can make a simple Kadochoyme. If the mighty, powerful sun bows in total nullification to Akadosh Baruch Hu, then, to, then Kolchikin asks, when we feel that this then so too we have to bow in total subservience and nullification before our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And then our mind wonders to Avraham Avinu, who also represents the sun, the masculine Ezrochi. He also represents the bittle of the sun by saying, by showing his readiness to be thrown into a burning furnace for our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And then whilst we're still watching the sun now, thinking of Avraham, our thoughts begin traveling to the Beis Amigdosh, to the Mishnah and Yuma, to the watchman who used to announce every morning, Heyer Pnea Mizrach, again, and again mentioning sunrise. The same sun that we're staring at, in fact, introduced the daily avoid in the Beis Amigdosh. And so, therefore, the sun that we're looking at reminds us of Atamachai's Kulam, it reminds us of it reminds us of Avroma Vino, and it reminds us of the daily, the beginning of the daily avoid in the Beis Amigdosh. And then we remember that even though we haven't got a Beis Amigdosh, Bavarin is saying, Rabban, the Beis English was destroyed, but nevertheless it's Yoim, and the Bechinah Yoim in the Bria in fact corresponds to the Beis Amigdosh, to the Binyan Beis Amigdosh, and has all the hidden Hashpahs, has, has all the Hashpahs of the Beis Amigdosh hidden in it, and it's possible for our avoid during the day to connect to the Beis Amigdosh. By this time, we've been awake for a few minutes, and while staring at the sun, staring at the morning, we've traveled through times, through the Maskelais and Ezrochi of Avraham Avinu, through the Heir Pnei Mizrach of the Beis Amigdosh. 
and we're now ready for a solid day of bittel, a solid day of a beginner's shtachavon, avoidus Hashem, with the hashpa of the Besamigdosh leading the way to accompany us. More so, when we remember that this avoidah of the Besamigdosh is the avoidah of connecting Shemaim Ba'oretz, of Chibur Shemaim Ba'oretz, when we realize that we, yes, we, men, Odom, is responsible connecting these two elements of Bria together, bringing our Shemaim down to the Oretz, our Shema down to the Gulf, that causes the largest Shemaim of Bria to descend to the to descend to the Oret. So suddenly when we realize our responsibilities, we realize our potential, we realize the Neshama's unlimited potential of Hashpah that it can have in the Gulf. Then suddenly all earthly matters, everything we, we, we would have been thinking about, suddenly seems so mundane and so unimportant. Does it really matter if I take the cab down the block or if I walk down the block, if I'm going to that store, that store, if, the, if my friend that said something to me should apologize to me shouldn't apologize to me should I be really upset that I lost a bit of money or I lost one of my papers and then suddenly suddenly everything every, all earthly matters become so unimportant because it's the ruchnius, it's the emesika world that's taken over now now having internalized all this Five minutes after waking up, we now can wish ourselves a good morning. Now we, have considered, we are considered to have woken up. Now when Hashem has made its real descent, its real entry into our guf. Now we just mentioned earlier that when Hashem is considered to have entered our guf, when this Chibur Shmai Moritz has taken place in Adam, simultaneously it generates a Chibur Shmai Moritz in Bria as well. The greater the Neshama's influence on the Guf, the greater the Shemaim's impact on the Oretz and on the Bria, and the closer the Bria is to its Tikkun of Kimia Shemaim al Oretz, when they become one entity. So in these first moments of Tchis HaMesim, we're already busy with the greatest Avoida possible, the Avoida of Tikkun HaBriya. Now we are also ready to proceed to the Toichen of Mitzvahs on the Teresidayim. And we'll see how this Mitzvah represents everything we've just said. And how it serves as an introduction to all the aspects of our daily Avodah that we just mentioned earlier. Let's begin with the famous Mogan Avraham and Hilchas and Teresidayim. That's quoted by the Mishnah Brewer. That Mitzvahs on the Teresidayim in the morning represents the Teresidayim from the Kior that the Koenim began their daily avoider with washing their hands from this kir. Dova Zed and reading out the Loshan. Dova Zed Tiknu Bishakar in the morning the Skadish Pikdushosai the little Yodenu Minha Kaili Kikoyin Shemakadesh Yodovina Kior Koidavidosa. And it's not a mere remez that Al Negovasa represents the Kior in the Bisamigdush. Khasushalam, there are halachas and hilkas in Tinasi Daim that are learned half from the Tinasi Daim in the Kior. If you want to reference Sila Moshal, the Shokhanor can see if you're based and Mishnah Brewer there, Oishofei. It's not Chasrashalm and Remez at all. So therefore, as we lean over to wash our hands, we have to picture in our mind the Koinim standing in the Kior. We have to picture their excitement as they wash their hands and prepare themselves for a day of avoiding the Besamigdosh. How privileged they must feel getting up, ready, getting ready for the greatest avoider in the holiest place in the world, the Besamigdosh. Then suddenly the Mogan Avram flashes through our minds and hey, Aul Natalitidaim also represents this. Torah Emes testifies that Aul Natalitidaim here in our dorm that we're sleeping in resembles their Natalitidaim 
resembles the Netanah Sidaim from Akior because our Voida today also represents our Voida in the Besamigdosh. This Mogan Avram is a message to us to be Mekayim on the Netanah Sidaim with the same Hislavas and the same intensity as the Kohen did, as the Kohanim, the Kohanim did in the Beis Hamikdash, and we should always have in mind that we're standing at the Kior, preparing ourselves for a day of avoid in the Beis Hamikdash. This is just the introduction to the mitzvah. Let's move closer now to the actual mitzvah of Tzedakah, and we'll see now how this mitzvah is being the first mitzvah of the day. is in fact is in fact an introduction to all the mitzvahs and to all the avoiders, and sums up the whole avoider in the Beis Hamikdash bechlal. Up the base of Migdash Bechlal and the whole avoid in the base of Migdash the Prat. Having spent so long discussing the Chibur Shmaim Boritz, the Chashivas of this Chibur, the Bittel required to bring about this Chibur, now it's time to move on. To move on, Minakoch El Apol. Now we need the practical application of this avoid of Chibur Shmaim Boritz. We've brought the Shemaim down to the earth. The bittle that we had, the feeling of the Chiyas Machayas, every Rega, the Hasid into the Guf, has brought Shemaim down to Oret. But what does it mean, practically speaking, that Shemaim is, is down here in the Oret? What does that mean? In the following Shiurim, we'll be focusing and discussing the practical application to a daily avoider of finding and living with the Shemaim in the Oret. Finding the Shemaim and living with the Shemaim in the Oret. That's going to be the practical application of the Avoid of Chibur Shemaim Oret. So let us therefore proceed with Mrs. Anantelesidaim, which is the first real practical application of this Avoidah. Early on in the first shape, we quoted the Gemara in Ksubas that the Besamigdash was created with the Yad Yamin and the Yad Smol that correspond to Shemaim and Oret. The two hands, the Migdash Hashem, Koinu Yodecha, are the Chibur of Shemaim Oret. Perhaps Mitzvah's Natila Sidaim is connected to this Koinu Yodecha. Perhaps the purpose of washing our hands is to make our hands into koinenu yodecha hands, into chibur shmaim v'oretz hands. If so, it would seem that before we wash our hands, then the yadayim don't, don't represent chibur shmaim v'oretz. Only after we wash them do they then become koinenu yodecha hands. Why is this? What do yadayim represent before the netila? And how does the Natila change and make them into Koinin and Yodecha hands? The answer is that generally speaking, as you all know, Yodayim represent the Koyach of a person. The Koyach, his physical strength, his power, his authority is all represented by his hands. In addition, Yodayim also represent the Koyach of Asiya, of doing, of making, of creating, of producing. Everything a person does is called his Maisa Yodayim. So the Yodayim corresponds to his Koyach power and authority and his ability to be creative and to make and to, and to do things, his Maisa Yodayim. The result is, therefore, that in many cases, these Yodayim lead to the feelings of Gaiva, of Yeshus, of independence, of success. Look what I did. Look what I can do. Look how strong, look how powerful I am. 
obviously forgetting about Hashem and our total dependence on HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Chiyas Elaki every single second of the day. And then Mr. Prophet says so the Ferish, Vamartem Koichi Ve'oitzen Yodi Osali Yitzachai Lazer that eventually Koichi Ve'oitzen Yodi means that people start thinking that this, it's them, it's their power, it's their success, they are the success story. The capital I again. You see the greatest Balgaiva who's who was the, the, the symbol of being greedy for power and authority was Esau. And Esau, in fact, represents these Yadayim. Hakol kol Yaakov Yadayim Esau. So Yadayim represent Gaiva, power and covet. Now we mentioned earlier that the feeling of Gaiva, the feeling of independence that Esau represents is the greatest opposite of Chibur Shemayim Baruch. The greatest separation from Shemayim Baruch. Other Abba, Esau longed for an independent Oret. Because the idea of Chibur Shemayim Baruch is dependent on one thing and only one thing and that's bringing the Bittle of Shemayim. That, that, the Bittle that radiates in Shemayim bringing it down to Oret. That we down here should feel the Chiyas Elakidat Machayas every second. If so, your daim that represent the opposite, that represent the Koychavoyitz and Yodi, the Yadayim Yedayesov, they represent the greatest separation of Shemayim from Oret. So how can it be said that Shtei Yadayim represent Chibur Shemayim Oret? Lachor, it's the opposite. What type of Yadayim make a Chibur Shemayim Oret? What type of Yadayim are we talking about when we say, Migdos Hashem Koin in the Yudecho? The answer is, that's the difference between Yadayim before Natila and Yadayim after Natila. The Mitzvah's Natila's Yadayim in the morning takes the Koichim Yoitzim Yodi hand and makes them into Koichim Yodecha hand. How, practically speaking, how? How do they do that? What's the secret of this Natila that makes such a revolution in the Bechinah's Yadayim from one extreme of Gaiva to the other extreme of Koinu Yodecho, of Chibur Shemayim Oret of Bechin? But the Pshad is the following. The word Natila has two meanings. We'll begin with the first meaning, proceed with the second meaning, and then we'll see how both meanings are both Oyla Bechonah Echot, it's all one Pshad. The first meaning of Natila is based on the Pesach in Yeshaya, Perik Samach Gimel, where the Pesach says, Vayenatleim Vayenasim, meaning to lift up, to raise. And therefore, Natila Sidaim means when we wash our hands, we are in fact raising and elevating our hands, lifting up and elevating our hands, making our hands an elevated type of hands. And the Emma says that many people have the minig literally when they wash their hands to lift, literally lift up their hands when they wash. And they say the Pesach in Tehillim and Pekos Lamedalet, Se'u Yedeichem Koidesh Uvorchus Hashem. In Kedusha we raise our hands, we elevate our hands, and that's the washing. Also the Koinim and the Besamigdosh would raise their hands when they duchen. What does raising their hands symbolize in practical terms? The answer is that he hanitzenet. Because the Yadai naturally leads to Koichev Oitzimiyodi, to the feelings of yeshes, of independence, of power, of authority, the Yadai Mideyesov, therefore Dafka the Yadayim has to announce and call out the very opposite message. When we wash our hands, we raise them, we lift them up to Hashem, and we announce, no, all my koiches that I have, all my kishroinus, 
everything that I can do, everything that I can be creative, all my might for your dime. In fact, everything and everything, none of it is my koyach. And calling out, it's not my koyach, and it's not my kishrin, and it's not my might for your dime. I have no koyach of my own. I'm acknowledging that every action I do is completely from your koyach, Hashem. The chiyas that's mechaim me every second. If I can't breathe even for one second on my own, we have to thank Hashem for every breath we take. We have to thank Hashem for every tenua, for every movement of a little finger, of a little toe. So if I can't breathe and move a limb a second on my own, it's Kochikin, I can't act on my own. Kochikin, I don't represent Koyach, I don't represent power or authority. It's you, Akadosh Baruch and therefore, we're using the hands, hey, Gufa, to rule out the Koyachimiyotimiyoti, to rule out the Adaimi Deyesos. When we lift our hands, when we're raising our hands, we're announcing that our hands are yours, our Koyach is yours, our authority is yours. That's why the Koyanim raise their hands when they do Because they announce, Yivarechacho Hashem Yishmerecho. Yoer Hashem Ponovelecho Bichonecho. Yisra Hashem Ponovelecho Biyosem Yuchosholem. Everything is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yivarechacho Hashem says Rashi Parnosa. We remember when the Koyanim used to raise their hands, it's in order that, we, that the, the, the message that they have conveyed to us is that don't think that you are smart, that you are successful, you are a born businessman, etc. That's why you have Panosa. It's Yivirach Hashem. It's coming directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Yishmirach says Rashi Hashem guards you from thieves that they shouldn't take away your money. It's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A person can own money and a minute later he's lost it all. But Yivirach Hashem the Yishmirach The Koyanim were the Shluch of the Rachmona. They represent the Malachim as we said earlier. And the Malachim as we said much earlier represent this little, this feeling of Chiyas that's Mechayas Kol Rega that we have no power Koyach on our own. And therefore that's why Daf they raise their hands. It's all the Indian of Ainatlim. It's as if we're giving over our hands to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And that's why the, the, the parasha of, of Duchening, the parasha of the Siyaska is in parasha's Nosoi, to lift, to raise, to elevate. The Havdal that we can perhaps suggest. That's why when soldiers surrender to an enemy, they raise their hands. They raise their hands and they surrender. Their message to the enemy is. We have no more koyach. We have no more ammunition. We have no more koyachi We're powerless. We're completely at your mercy. Lahavdal, perhaps that originates from the same Indian being discussed over here. That's famous why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the Yadayim in a way that they can be either raised or lowered. When they are lowered, they represent the Koychivoyitzimiyodi. When they're raised, they represent surrender Kaviyachal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Saying to Hashem, we're at your mercy, only you, you are the sole source of Chiyos, of Koyach, of power, of everything. This Yisod explains us the Mahalach in the battle with Amalek at the end of Pashas Peshalach. Rashi brings down there that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent Amalek to wage war with Klal Yisrael because Klal Yisrael said the most strange sentence. Hayesh Hashem bekirbeinu im ayin. Is there Hashem amongst us Bechal? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu therefore sent Amalek. Sending Amalek, the message of sending Amalek is, what do you mean Hayesh Hashem bekirbeinu im ayin? If Hashem isn't there, then you also wouldn't be there. If Hashem isn't amongst us, then we're not there. The fact that you can think, a person can entertain a thought, that he's alive and he's healthy and he can move and he can do, 
without Hakadosh Baruch Hu, suffering with Hashem is bekerbenu. That's um, that, that's that, that's that's the biggest koychavoyitzimiyadi. Because the very fact when a person moves, when a person speaks and sees and walks and runs, is it's not him that's doing it. It's the koychavakadosh Baruch Hu that's doing it. If the Klal Yisrael could then entertain a thought that they are doing everything, they are productive, they have koych and power and authority, and this level suffering with Hashem is with them, that deserves a molek. That's Amalek's Ashkosa. That's Amalek. That's the dying day Esau of Amalek's grandfather Esau. That's how. That's the Kuchim Yitzim Yoti that Amalek represents. And therefore, that's why when Klal Yisrael had this Sofek, if they perhaps thought that they were living in, independently, they deserved a visit from Amalek to remind them. And therefore, the war strategy was a very strange one. When lifted his hand, the Gova Yisrael, Yisrael were victorious. The When Moshe's hand is raised, Klal Yisrael wins. When his hand is lowered, Amalek wins. What's going on? But Hain, the terror says Hain ain't at Zvarim. Klal Yisrael are fighting the Yadayim Yedei Esau. And therefore, the way to fight Yedayim Yedei Esau, to be the Sakin, the Chet of Ayesha Shemekirbeinu, means that Moshe Rabbeinu has to remind that by raising his hand, what a foolish question they ask, Ayesha Shemekirbeinu in Ayim. Of course, HaKadosh Baruch is amongst Kal Yisrael. Because if not, Mo'onu, Mechayenu, 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 When Kal Yisrael looked at Moshe Rabbeinu's hands being raised, they immediately, they immediately acknowledged, they immediately remembered the raising of the hands to HaKadosh Baruch They remembered the by not claim that it's all you, it's all your koyach Hashem. And that's how they won over Amalek. But when Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't raise his hands, when he lowers his hands, lowering hands represents your daimi day Esau. And therefore they fell into the Shlita of Esau. That explains the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah on this Pasuk, on this Melchama. When the Mishnah asks, Moshe Melchama. Is it Moshe Rabbeinu? That's, that's waging the war. That when he lifts his hands, they win, and he, when he lowers, they lose. Says the Mishnah, no. El Eloim Aloch. Kolz Manshi Yisrael. Mistaklin Klapimalo. Mishab Dimes Libom. Laviem Shabashamayim. Hayunoitzchim. The message was, says the Mishnah, Mamish, black and white. That Moshe Rabbeinu raised his hands to teach Kali Shofim. Mishab Dimes Libom. Laviem Shabashamayim. To call out HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're dependent on you. We're dependent. We beg for mercy. We're at your mercy, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when they do that, then they win. That's the way in that of Al-Natilas Yudayim. And this leads us to the second meaning of, of, of the word Natila. The second, word, and the second meaning of the word Natila is brought down by Mr. Shulchan Aruch and the Neusah Kalim as being the Kali, the name of the Kali that was used to wash their hands. When they used to wash their hands, they used a Kali called Anatl, an- Anatl, Anatl. And that's why when we say on the tilas yadayim, we say the natila as to remember that keli that was called an atl to remind us that one has to use a keli for washing one's hands. Uh, that's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. The question is obvious. Just because in those days the keli was called an atl, therefore the bracha of the al natilas yadayim is the word al natila, not al rachitza, because to remember that keli, what's going on? But the answer to this lies in this yisod. Having just internalized. That Natila means to raise one hand, one's hand, to acknowledge that everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That all koyach, all actions are chiyas with which without which we couldn't exist for a single second. Then the next question is, how do we move on from there? How does this Yisoy directly affect all that we do? 
and our Avodah Hashem in general. And the answer is very partial. Because every time we realize that every time we walk or run, every time we talk or eat, or anything we do, if it's all Chiyasalaki, if it's all HaKadosh Baruch, if it's all a spiritual Koyach doing these actions, if it's not us, it's Hashem, then obviously, if Hashem is granting us this chiyas, it must be for a purpose. If Hashem is enabling us now to run, or to walk, or to talk, or to eat, or to drink, if it's Hashem enabling us to do so, then it must be a purpose. And that purpose is the purpose of to do everything, even the most mundane action, to bring our Kiddushim Shemayim in absolutely everything we do. Like the Mishnah says in Ovid, Let's do everything for the sake of Kutchebrichu or Shechinte. That's the immediate and direct result of raising one's hands in the Tila Loshna by Noklin and recognizing that everything is from Hashem. And therefore, the Divrei Bina, the Divrei Bina was the Talmud of, I think, from Chechnev, he saw the Tzan Zerov, and then he looked at the Tzan Zerov, Chosen Yogan Aleinu testified that the Divrei Bina is worthy of giving him a, he's worthy of giving him a kvittel. He was the one, he wrote, he wrote a very profound Pirish Torah called Divrei Bina. And he says that the Emes, a person's whole goof is a keili. A person's whole goof is to do Ratzon Hashem. A keili is toffel to the purpose you're using a keili for. And he doesn't bring it, but the Emes, it's more down elsewhere. The, the for in, in, in Hilchas Etzah on Shabbos that somebody takes out a keili on Shabbos with a sheer pachmik groidus with a sheer which is less than we could have than, than the chiv of, of, of Etzah on Shabbos then one isn't chayet even though the keili that one took out was a large keili but nevertheless because for the content of the keili was pachmik sheer you're not chayet even for the keili because the keili is toffled to what the keili represents to, what the, to the content of the keili and therefore, says the Divrebino, that a person's goof is a keili for doing Ratzon HaMakadosh Baruch Hu. The goof is toffel. All the koichas that the goof does, all the koichas that the goof can, 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 can create, can produce, are all keilim in order to bring out the Bechol Terechech of the Ehu. Therefore continues the Divrebino, that when that the person's hand, the hand that carries out all the actions of the goof, when he washes the hands to with a keili, he testifies that his whole goof is a keili. And his whole goof, just like a keili is toffel, his whole goof is toffel to do in Rathana Makarish Baruchu. And that's why the lotion of Al Natilas Yadayim and not Al Rechitas Yadayim, because Al Natal was a keili, to remind, not just to remind us you have to use a keili for washing your hands, but to remember that our whole goof, our whole being is all a keili, because it's really the Chiyas Hashem doing everything. And we're just a keili for bringing out the Beholder Rechech of the Eyu for bringing out the Kiddush Hashem. So both shot him of, of, of Natila or Oila Bakana Echot. Firstly, we raise our hands, we, we purify ours, we wash our hands, we lift them up and in recognition and in acknowledgement that everything we have is only Bekoyach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Zetl Loshemai Naplim. And therefore, if everything we're doing is as a result of the Koyach that HaKadosh Baruch Hu bestows us every second, then obviously we have to dedicate all our actions Lashem Shemaim because it's the Koyach of Hashem letting us, enabling us to do the actions in order that we should realize that we are only a keili, we only toffle to the Kvot Shemaim for the Beholder for the, for the Echechot And in terms of that, the Tila is Miloshan Anatl. This is also the deeper meaning that's brought down in the Rosh. 
that's brought down the Mishnabura brings down that the Rosh says that Takonas Natilas Yadaim in the morning was a Takona because at night Mishum Yadaim Shal Adam Afkoni Yasein a person's hand Afkoni they move around the Yev Shushal Ayiga Babosam Antonov Alayda the Shatal Piniglo is that a person's hand he's not in control of his hand that moves around at night and therefore he touches a Mokim that's Machayev Natilas Yadaim but the deeper meaning behind it if I'm not mistaken perhaps the Divir Bina says that as well that the Yadayim Shalodim Askoniyase means that a person's hands are Askoniyase they're doing and sometimes a person forgets what he's there that, that, that Bemis what he's doing is not his own what he's doing is the Koyach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and that he has to wash his hands always to remember that when he's Yadayim Askoniyase when they're busy doing things he should always remember that it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Koyach that's doing it and therefore he should do everything with Shem Shemayim the Gemara at the end of Chesubis sums up everything we've just said the Gemara says that before Rebbe died, he raised both hands and he said that all the years, all his years, his whole life, he wasn't Nene from Olam Hazayah, And don't forget that Rebbe was the Nasi. Rebbe was wealthy, powerful, a major success. He could have enjoyed all the power and authority at his hand to become Chasr Shalom of Balgaiva, even a Nitzat of Balgaiva, but not Rebbe. The mission at the end of Saita testifies Mishameis Rebbe Butla Anova. Rebbe was a symbol of being humble. Why? He had so much power, so much authority, so much wealth. But nevertheless, Rebbe realized that his wealth and his power isn't his. It's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want from him? To utilize all of it to Shem Shemayim. And then at the end of his life, he, he raised both hands by Inatlaim. And he said, I didn't use my hands for Koichi V'Oitzimiyo. I didn't use my hands for earthly pleasures. The opposite. Anatla, I used my hands as a keili for serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Realizing, realizing that his hands and everything that is all his Ramachivon Gidim only represent or only a keili to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now we understand the difference of the Adaim before the Natila and after the Natila. Before the Natila, there's a strong sign of of Yadaim that separates Shemaim Baharat. That cannot, one cannot begin enough day of a void of Chibur Shemaim Baharat with those hands. And therefore the coin had to wash their hands. And from this we learn that each and every one of us, when we wake up in the morning, having just experienced the Tchiyat Samesim, having just felt so clearly that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Mechaya at Kol Rega Verega, that we have to realize that everything we do, every limb we move, is Chelechelechi, is the Koyach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, at this time, when we've just experienced Tchiyat Samesim, is the time to remember that in a few hours, perhaps this Hargosha might be totally forgotten, Chasashon. When we begin our days activity, the feeling of is bound to appear. The Yudaimi Deyesov that preaches man's independent power and success is bound to slowly seep in. And therefore, our first avoid, having said Moidani, is Mrs. Alnatelis Yudaim. We wash our hands to purify them from the filth of the Yudaimi Deyesov, from the filth of Koichi and we elevate them to Koinu Yudecha hands, to Chibur Shmaim Baorat hands, by proclaiming now that the, the first thing in the morning. I recognize now with the clearest Hakora that any success that I might have during the day 
Be it in Limude Kodesh, be it in Limude Choil, be it in the Besam Edrish, be it in the office, be it in the sports field. I'm acknowledging that it's your Koyach, Kodesh Prochu. It's your Safisiyat Dushmaya. Every one of my Ramachi Borim that I move, that I do, I'm doing it with the greatest Chafti Hashem that's enabling me to do it. And since the Yodayim are the ones that begin pulling me away from this Hakora, therefore I'm raising my hands, I'm raising my Yodayim now to testify, Kodesh Prochu, to, te- to testify to this. That's the Vayinatlim. Similarly, we continue talking to our...